This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're joined on this episode of Sox Degrees by the great Andrew Vaughn. Andrew, thank you for stopping by. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, the first thing that I'm wondering about is how has your baseball brain changed since April the 1st? You know, I mean, you think about getting to the big leagues and how it's such a different level. It's such a different atmosphere, but it really is the same game, just on a bigger stage. And once you get to learn from veterans like Beto and Tim and those guys, they kind of tell you how to slow it down and just, just play your game and have fun. When was the first time this year that you said, well, this is harder than it used to be? I'm definitely seeing a few of the fastballs. Uh, some of those guys had the first couple of weeks in the, in the season and, uh, it, there's some life to it, and you, I haven't really seen that in my career, and then it's just an adjustment period from then. The beard is going well. I'm working on it. I'm trying. Trying my best. How many days from Pito are you uh, with that beard? Not catching him. It'll take a year. <laughs> Doesn't you got grow. no shot. I've been trying for, I think it's been going like two and a half months now, and this is all I got to show for it, so it's uh, it's a touchy subject. Oh, it's touchy. Yeah. I touched a nerve. It never grows. So <laughs> very proud of it, though. I will tell you that. Very, very you just have to get to rubber band territory. That's it. If you can just get to the point where you can wrap a rubber band around just a couple of little whiskers, you're good. I think hopefully, hopefully in September, mid to late September, hopefully that'll happen. <laughs> hey, I want to ask you, Andrew, about your defense. Um, and I don't know going into spring training if you had any conception of how much defense you would play. I noticed in spring training you made a couple of really nice plays at first base, and and I said, he's got good hands over there. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the month, you're trying to learn the outfield. Um, can you go back to the pre-alloy injury and kind of your mindset going in thinking, okay, I'm, I'm probably going to DH a lot. I don't know how much defense I'm going to play. And then now shifting to when that injury happened and you've basically become the main starter and left until Lloyd came back. Can you remember what that felt like? Yeah, I mean, I would say going in, first things first, I was fighting for a job. Um, the biggest thing for me was trying to make the club out of spring training. And uh, I figured that would be at the DH position because that was really the only position open on the, on the team. And... Pito plays an unbelievable first base, and I was thinking maybe I could give him a couple of days off here and there if I was playing first well. And yeah, just that was kind of my mindset just get in there and get ready to hit. Um, but then when Eloy went down, it was kind of a, a whirlwind of crazy and went out to the outfield and was putting in a lot of work with Debo and getting ready for the season to, to start out there. So after the injury and kind of the initial shock wore off, did you go to Tony or the staff, or did they come to you in terms of playing outfield? Was one of your immediate thoughts, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes, um, or did they come to you? 
Um, I'll never forget it. Tony came up to me and said, hey, you ever play outfield before? I said, not really. He goes, you got an outfield glove? I said, yep. He said, all right, let's go. <laughs> Went over to the backfield to start taking some fly balls. That is awesome. So you had an outfielder's glove? Yeah, I got one in uh, Schaumburg last year at the alternate site. So you like somebody gave it to you or you went and got like, how, how did that work? Did you tell somebody you wanted to have one just in case or what? Yeah. So I signed a, a deal with Rawlings for a couple gloves a year. I was assuming for space gloves. So I had to text my agent and say, Hey, uh, do you think they have any outfield gloves on the shelf that I could use? And got one. I mean, it was there in two days. So it was pretty quick. Well, since we're, we're on gloves, um, I didn't ask you about your second baseman's glove. It looked bigger than, a lot of the the gloves I see is it is it a, a true second baseman glove or uh, no it's a it's a third <laughs> baseman glove twelve inches okay. got it I I what was that first day like on the backfield when you're like okay I'm an outfielder now um definitely strange because I hadn't actually played the outfield in a live game since I was fifteen maybe so uh, I just really wanted to get in that first spring training game and see how that was going to go. But you, so you were excited about it? Yeah, I mean, I was getting an opportunity to play and show my stuff and kind of challenge myself, I guess you could say, because I'd never played the outfield and I wanted to see uh, how I could do and see if I can help this team win down the road. What, I like what, the, what was the hardest part of playing outfield initially? What was the one thing where you're like, ooh, I got to get better at this? Mm, I would just say reading the ball off the bat, um, learning to hear the sounds of the bat and learning just guys swings guys paths knowing where the pitches are coming in and just being able to go straight to the ball instead of kind of watching it first and then being able to go for it uh i want to go back a little further what was young andrew vaughn's prized possession oh my goodness how young how young are we talking because most recently it's been uh, fishing poles i have quite a collection at my parents house how many there's probably 20 of them. I have a problem getting new ones every time. So uh, as as a non-fisherman here and a Chicagoan, uh, what is the difference between your 20 fishing poles? Um, well, I did a lot of bass fishing where I grew up. So, I mean, there's too many different techniques for bass fishing to get into it. We could We could make a whole podcast on that if we wanted to. Uh, so it's all about like the different technique you're using? Yeah, different lures, different baits, different lines, all this random stuff. All right, teach us real just teach us real quick about baits. Um, I mean, all right, my first favorite would be a topwater frog. And you got to use a heavy pole cuz you're throwing that in the grass and lily pads and stuff and my next favorite would be a crankbait so you use a lighter rod so it can bend so it has this little action to it so it makes your lure dive and then I would say just showing a Texas rigged worm. Then that one needs a rod in between those two. It's all crazy. <laughs> Len, did you, you Len, did you catch I any fish, of that? Yeah, yeah. My dad took me. My dad uh, okay. fishes, and uh, I, I've caught bluegill and crappie, and yeah, lots of freshwater perch. Um, so, are you the kind of guy who likes to go freshwater fishing, and then? Uh, you know, throw, throw them on a grill or, or, or are you uh, catch and throw them back? I usually catch and release. I would say that. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite, what's your favorite type of fishing? If you had to pick just one. Um, 
I love to go steelhead fishing. Um, I grew up on the Russian River, which I mean, it doesn't get very many steelhead, but if you hook into one of those, they uh, they pull real hard and they give you a good fight. So you like the fight? That's what you're in for. That's yeah, the fight and the challenge. Um, I mean, sometimes you can go to a place and catch a fish every cast, but sometimes you can go to a place that's the most beautiful country in the world. You're in the redwood trees fishing, and you might not catch a fish, but you're having a great experience. Hmm. So before is there a, the, a little, is there a little Zen quality to fishing that uh, you know it's not baseball, it's stress free, so to speak. Is that is that part of the uh, the allure? <laughs> no, one hundred percent. You get to get outside and just kind of be free. Not, no one around you. You get to do it on your own. You can take a buddy sometimes, but. Yeah, it's just kind of a, a peaceful, I guess, meditation. Yeah. Sounds nice. Um, before the uh, long line of fishing poles, uh, what was Andrew Vaughn, like at age 9 or 10, like what were you like then? What was I like? I was a kid that probably walked to the Little League field every single day because we lived in maybe a quarter mile from the Little League Fields, and I'd watch every game, bring my bag, probably have my jersey and my pants on just to be there, and uh, watch every game and then play my game and have some hot dogs after the game and then go home. So you were, like, scouting your friends, basically? Mm, not scouting. More watching. I don't think I knew how to scout it. <laughs> I knew how to scout my family. It was just fun. We'd run around and catch lizards and stuff and frogs and whatnot and just have a good time. What got you into baseball? Um, I guess I was just naturally grown to it, but I think my dad probably put one of those little uh, uh, wiffle ball bats in my hands and a tee when I was a little kid, and I just hit the ground running from then. Did you rake as a kid? Like, were you Were you that kid in your town that everybody was like, look how far Andrew Vaughn hit the ball? Um, I, I don't like to brag whatsoever, but I did hit really well in Little League. I had some pretty good Little League numbers. <laughs> How good are we talking? Like, what was your greatest Little League memory or moment? Little League memory or moment? Um, man, there was a lot of them. We had a lot of fun. Um, I would say throwing my one, I think I threw one no-hitter. I think that was kind of my prized possession. I still got the ball in my collection, too. Ooh. That's it great. was actually, it's even better. Me and my neighbor, who we're still good buddies and we go fishing all the time, his name's Richard, uh, we both threw no-hitters through, well, I threw a full complete game, and then he hit his pitch limit with two outs in the sixth inning, and they brought in a pitcher, and I'm pretty sure my other friend, Jared, hit a home run, and we ended up winning the game on one hit. Oh, wow. Oh, crushing. Very, very crushing. <laughs> so... Have you experienced this yet where you have received an email or a text or a phone call from someone from your youth and they are basically like, hey, you know, you're coming to our city or, hey, could you get us tickets? And you're like, I don't remember you because you're famous now and Everyone you've ever met probably feels like they know you well. Invariably, that will happen if it hasn't. Have you run into any of those moments yet, Andrew? Um, I mean, I've definitely been asked for tickets, but I think I remember everybody so far. Um, I've been pretty good about it, and it hasn't been too bad. 
Um, I'm just excited. This next uh, road trip we got coming up to Oakland, I think there'll be a few fans because get to go back to the hometown. Pretty cool. Of course you remember everybody because you're Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a nice guy you, you you of course remember everybody well it will happen at some point and you'll feel bad badly about it or somebody will say remember i met you you signed a ball for me uh in 2021 this will be like in 2032 and you'll go oh yeah i remember you josh <laughs> Just <a joke. laughs> that's funny that is that's really funny. Uh, did you go to the Coliseum growing up? Was that like the ballpark you you went to, or what? Um, I went to a few A's games, but I'd say I went to more Giants games. Kind of when they were on that run from what was it? They won every, every even year. The World Series it was like 2010, 12, and 14, and we went to a ton of games during that. Who was your guy that you liked on those Giants teams? Um, the guy we were always there to watch was Posey, but I'm pretty sure he had a day off on most of the games I went to watch. And it, <laughs> I remember it just being the worst. We'd get there and see the lineup, and he's just not playing. And we're like, well, came here for nothing, kind of. Who, who was his backup at the time that you hated because he was always playing instead of Posey? My goodness, I can't remember. They changed every year. They did. Uh, gosh, damn. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, too. I, I, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look it up, but yes. Uh, so have you met Buster? Um, yes, I have got to meet Buster. Um, we have the same agents and agency, and I got to meet him, and he's just a phenomenal guy. Uh, Hector Sanchez was his backup. Um, okay. At one, Eli Whiteside was his Whiteside. backup. Yeah, I remember Whiteside. Yeah. Right? And uh, who else? Oh, Benji Molina at the very – yeah, Um Actually, in 2010, Benji Molina was his backup, and then he went to Texas and played for Texas in the World Series that year. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, so there was there was this piece on Fangraphs, Andrew, like uh, recently about your adjustment of your hands and your swing. What spurred that, and, and why did you do that? Um, came straight from Frankie. I mean, it came from both of us. I was just not seeing results, and I was missing some pitches that I should never have missed. Um, I've always hit fastballs, and I was missing fastballs, not even out of the strike zone at the top. And I went to Frankie, and we kind of looked at my swing, and we're like, my hands were moving too much. They were doing a big old sweeping motion, and it was kind of creating a bad angle of the bat going in and just had to smooth it out and make it more simple and just kind of stuck my hands back there and throw them right at the ball. Uh, Frankie is Frank Menachino, uh, your hitting coach. Yes. What, what, what's your relationship like with him? I mean, he's right out of central casting. Uh, he's a very fun-loving, honest guy, and uh, probably not afraid to get in a guy's face every now and again, huh? Yeah, that's, I think the best thing about him is that he's so honest, and he'll tell you how it is. Um, he played. He's seen several swings over the years, and he kind of knows what you need to do. And um and he's, he kind of has learned every single one of us differently. I mean, I feel like everybody's co has to be coached differently. And I think we've all just formed that great relationship with him. And he's able to get in there and be like, hey, this is what you're doing. I think you need to get this figured out and then attack this plan. And it, it's been working. We see a lot of guys go up to him. Uh, we saw you do that on our telecast in Baltimore and talk in-game. I want to ask overall, what is the bench like in-game for the Chicago White Sox? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of chatter going around, guys telling each other what the pitchers got, what we're seeing. I mean, the scouting report sometimes may be a little different than what he's actually throwing that day. Sometimes maybe his ball has a little more life on it or something, and we get to all chitter-chatter about that and get through Frankie and just be like, hey, what's this guy got? What's his velo? What's his stuff? And just, you know, simple scouting report stuff. Who's the funniest player on that bench? Funniest guy on the bench, you got to watch T.A. when he's not playing. Um, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's something special. He is fun out there, definitely. What what kind of stuff is he doing on the bench when he's not playing? No, he fires the boys up. He's watching the game. Definitely a little smack talk going on. Um, but, yeah, he's he's in it. He's in it all nine innings, even if he's not playing. I think my favorite part about Tim Anderson is when, like, he says something under his breath about somebody, and you know basically that he's just going after somebody, but he says it kind of like to the side. I like that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Dude, I've seen it. <laughs> so uh, we'd be remiss if we mentioned Jim Tomey. I know you forged a great relationship with the Hall of Famer, and. Uh, in Iowa, Paul Canerco and his son came up to you. Uh, is that correct? What What was that like, meeting Paul and talking to him? Um, it was special. I mean, there was actually a pretty funny story about it. During COVID, we were hitting in Arizona um, with Ryan Newman, our, our uh, Winston-Salem manager. And a guy walked by, just walked by with this kid and didn't think anything of it. And Newman goes, you know who that was? And all of us go, no idea. And he goes, that's, that's Polly Canerco right there. We go, no shot, because he's not he, – he's unrecognizable without the goatee. That that was the trademark, and we saw it, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Next time I see him, I definitely have to say hi. So uh, when we found out he was at Field of Dreams, I got to go up and meet him. Well, the funny thing is, though – see, this is the moment I was kind of referring to before, in a way. They wanted to meet you. And you wanted to meet them. Like, that's the big league moment, right? When it, 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 it doesn't make sense that Paul Kirk wanted to meet Andrew Vaughn, but that, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was mutual. Um, getting to meet him was something special. Getting to meet his son was really cool. And, you know, that day was just unbelievable. It was, it was a movie. Yeah, what was that whole experience like of playing in a cornfield, basically? I mean, we got there and it was miserably hot. It was smoking hot for BP when we were taking pictures and getting to be out there. But the scene was it was beautiful. I mean, they couldn't have put a field in a better position with the corn in the outfield. The the barn batter's eye was so cool. The old time scoreboard and you know it was just it was a special day and getting to go see the uh, the original field. And having Kevin Costner on the field when we walked out of the corn just kind of put the icing on a cake. What um what does baseball mean to your family, Andrew? Um, shoot, that's a pretty difficult question because we've kind of lived and breathed baseball since I was five, six years old. Now, uh, now I'm out the house and kind of living on my own, and they're uh, back doing their own thing. I know my dad's picked up gardening now. He's uh, it's got a couple planters boxes in the backyard and um, they just got a new dog. So they're kind of having to, to wrestle the puppy, but uh, yeah, they love baseball. I know they have it on TV every night. If they don't, my dad's got it on his phone and 
my mom's watching it on the tape. So it's, uh, it's, it's very important to our family. When did it hit you? Like, I am a big league baseball player. Like, when does that, when did that really strike you this year? Oh man. I mean, I, I think it hit me right away getting to make my debut in Anaheim. I had a couple friends and family there and, um, you know, didn't have any great results. Didn't, didn't get that first hit out of the way for quite some at bats, but just getting to talk to them and they're like, dude, you, you're here. And it was just a, it was a pretty surreal moment. So I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at the Yankees series and, um, I'm just double checking and, you know, this is all about fun and games, but you did, I, I think you hit into a triple play. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Now I, I only bring it up because that was against the Chapman and you would then hit a, a, a big home run against Chapman. So the lows and the highs, right. All in the same series. Um, and you hit the tar out of the ball for the triple play. Of course, that's how triple plays are turned. But had you ever hit one before in your life, number one? And number two, would you say the home run off Chapman is the best home run you've hit this year? Or would you pick another? Um, I've never hit into a triple play. Uh, we turned one in Winston-Salem last year. I do remember that. So it's a great feeling when you're on defense and you get three outs with one swing. And I did say that me and Aroldis Chapman have the weirdest stat line ever. I've had two at-bats, made three outs, and I have one home run. And That's I, it. I don't know if they have that off anybody. but uh, So pretty strange. Pretty strange. Yeah. Okay, tell us about the home run. Um, yeah, I mean, it was – we were down four to three. Frankie Manichino came into cage and was like, hey, you're about to face Chapman. Let's go. And I was like, all right. And, like, I'd been hitting, getting loose because I knew he was warming up and I knew he had some lefties in the lineup. And he gets behind the L screen and he is just throwing missiles at me, throwing them as hard as he can. And I started barreling him up, barreling him up, putting good swings on. And I was like, I'm going to get him today. And went out there. I think he threw me a first pitch slider because I swung at it the night before, two nights before. And then grooved me a fastball and I just put my best swing on it and a good result happened. How hard can Frankie throw when he's playing a role as Chapman? I mean, shoot, when he's 35 feet away, throwing it as hard as you can, it can look uh, pretty fast. <laughs> so what's your relationship like with your manager? I've talked to Tony a lot about you, and the superlatives, he runs out of them to describe your makeup and the way you go about your business, um, the fact that, after you made the, the, the spot start at second base, you continue to take ground balls there. Um, whatever you're asked to do, you do it with gusto. It's not like you shake your, your shoulders and say, yeah, sure. You, you, you attack every challenge uh, with a lot of energy. Um, what's your relationship like with, with a Hall of Fame manager in a unique situation? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think it's definitely grown so much over the full season. Because, yeah, you come in, it's it's kind of intimidating having Tony LaRusso as your manager and you're just this rookie showing up, trying to make a spot and just trying to help the team, excuse me, trying to help the team win. And it's just, uh, you go out there and grind. And then as the season progressed, we kind of 
he gets more open and he's been talking to us and he's actually kind of jokes with us a lot now and he, he'll get you sometimes. So you got to watch out, but, uh, it, it's been great. I mean, his knowledge of the game and just being able to help you with a little thing every single day can, can make a whole difference for your career. What have you kept from this season? Memorabilia wise. Memorabilia wise. Um, I got my first hit, my first RBI, first home run, um, the jersey from the, the Iowa game, and uh, a couple a couple hats and probably a couple bats, I would say. That kind of rhymed. I didn't mean to do that. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> a few things, just a few things, and I'm sending some home to my dad. Um, I think I'm going to send him my first home run ball because – he collected all my literally home runs and they're in a giant box somewhere in his garage. So got to add to his collection. Every one of your little league home runs he has. Yeah. He, he wrote down on them the day, the home run of the year and all that stuff. He's got a box of them. Toby loves baseball, huh? Toby loves baseball. Toby loves everything. Baseball. <laughs> what, what got him into baseball? Like, why is he such a big baseball guy? You or, or something else? Um, it came from my grandpa who played baseball, football, and basketball. And then my dad played baseball growing up all through college, played at the junior college, played at Sonoma State, played semi-pro ball. And then um, his career was kind of over and he actually got into golf and he got pretty good at golf. He was a club pro at a few courses. And I would say once I was born and we started playing, I think it uh, sparked back up for him. That's cool. Uh, so I, I have one question before we let you go about your bat. Um, I don't want to get into the weeds too much, but what, what, what's the model and the size of your bat? Do you mess around with different, you know, uh, lengths or did you stay, if you had the same type of bat all along? Um, so I swing an SSK bat and it kind of came out to my own model. It's the AV25, and it's 34 inches, and sometimes we'll change the weight here and there a little bit, but okay. usually I just, I've been sticking to that. I started using that last year at the alternate site, and just, it's a good model, and it's felt comfortable with me. So weight, you'll go up or down from your main? Um, it usually is at 34, 32, and then it'll usually go down about a half ounce, depending. Now, will you ever swing a teammate's bat at the end of BP or whatever just to kind of get a feel and 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 experiment a little bit? I think I'm really weird, but I don't like to do that. I kind of like to just stick to my bat and just keep that in my hand so I can trust it and, you know, just uh, have that feel. I get It's superstitious. It's those weird baseball guys. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what other baseball weird you have in you before we let you go. Baseball weird. Like what uh, other stuff don't you do or do you do that is just you? It's just me. I got one for you. I got one. I, I don't think I've ever seen you with your pants all the way down. You got the same look consistently every day. That's right? true. Throw my pants up it makes me look faster. I feel like so. I got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work all the time, but. Uh, I think that I, I hit my helmet every time I go in the batter's box. I step out, hit my helmet, and hit the line. I don't, I've don't. i never seen anybody do that. And 
I don't know why I do it. I just did it. I think it Cal and it stuck. Every time you cross the batter's box line, you hit yourself in the head. I just tap my helmet. I don't smack it. No, I, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of tap it and then tap the ground. That's my little pre at bat routine. Interesting. We'll watch for that. You'll see. Uh, It'll, if I forget to do it, yell at me because I should probably do it. <laughs> nice. Have you ever caught before? Just in case, like you played second base, first, left field, whatever. Uh, have you caught before? Um, I, I played the fifth. I don't, I don't know. I got to save the knees. <laughs> yeah, I caught in uh, my freshman year. Okay. So um, we'll go with no. <laughs> I've caught our starting catcher in high school. I remember this vividly. I was a freshman on varsity, and our starting catcher got a concussion, just absolutely blown up by a bunch of foul balls in the mask. And they were like, hey, can you catch? I was like, I don't know. Let's find out. And went out there and uh, caught. I, no one ever stole in high school, so I didn't get to throw anybody out. But it was a good experience back there. Uh, my final question, Andrew, uh, have you been awestruck this year by anyone in particular, whether it's uh, a player or a manager or maybe a non-baseball celebrity who showed up? Um, starstruck. Man. Um, I think just for me, just knowing baseball so well is just kind of seeing what Otani has been doing this year. Um, I mean, we played him at the beginning of the year, and it was kind of a, a blur, but, I mean, he crushed some balls, and, and he can pitch. I mean, that's we did that. A lot of us did that in Little League, but now he's doing it at the highest level of baseball and doing it really well. He's got 40-something homers and an ERA like around under three or something. So that's unbelievable. Well, Andrew Vaughn, uh, clearly you're a baseball junkie, and uh, thank you for spending some time with us, and uh, we look forward to catching up again. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew. All right, take it. Get that rubber band around that beard. All right, let's go. (laughs) Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.